stuff. Welcome to episode 22 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talk to two creators of good stuff. That's right, two creators of certified good stuff. I talk to Scott from Rochambeau Baby, who's changing the sunglasses game for kids. And I also talk to Eugene, a writer of Ira's Amazing Adventure. I think you'll enjoy both of these talks, and I think you'll want to check out the stuff that they're creating. We just got back from vacation in Chicago. I mean, literally just walked in the door, but good stuff waits for no person. I know that if I needed good stuff, I would need my good stuff. And therefore, if I need good stuff, I need to bring you the good stuff. So I have no time to wait. I have no time to settle in. I have no time to check the DVR, but instead I go right up to the good stuff recording studio and I talk to you all. So thanks for joining us. Hope you're all having a great end of summer. If you started school good luck i just spent about 20 minutes ordering school supplies very specific very very specific wide ruled wide ruled spiral notebook it's got to be blue it's got to be 70 pages if it's more than 70 pages forget it and if it's light blue forget it it's got to be dark blue hope you all are having a great rest of your summer hope school started great hope everyone's having a great time thanks to grandma and grandpa good stuff for having us this past week it was great Hope you enjoy my talks with Scott and Eugene, and check out their good stuff. It's four plus one, the top four songs. This week it was in my my mom's Prius. Top four songs from my mom's Prius. Plus one, we actually let Grandpa Good Stuff get involved, and he chose this week's plus one. Coming in at number four was Noctopus by Recess Monkey. You may remember I talked to Jack from Recess Monkey a couple episodes ago, and we talked about this song. Well, my seven-year-old, almost seven-year-old, I should say, requested this one. I could lend an arm, and that would feel pretty great. But he loved to tell a knock-knock joke too. He's a knock-knock-knock-knock-knock-knock-octopus. Everybody sing. Now, Grandpa Goodstuff played this one in the car for us, and my kids ate it up. They loved it. It's called Timey Kangaroo Down Sport by the Wiggles. You know what they say. You can pick your friends, you can pick your music, but you can't pick what Grandpa Goodstuff is going to put on the stereo in the car. And then we have a double, double, back-to-back by the same artist. That's right, number two and number one for the four part of our four plus one are coming to you from Justin Roberts. We saw Justin Roberts live and in concert. He put on a great show. Everyone was dancing and having fun. The first is Willie Was a Whale. And when you hear this one, good luck not singing it all around the house for the next, oh, I'd say three to five days. Willie was a whale and he walked on the water and he tried to be wolf and he tried to be tough. But Willie wasn't Willie Wolfie, wasn't Wolf at all, he was a Willie White Whale and he walked on the water, oh yeah. Number one is Recess, also by Justin Roberts. These are from his greatest hits and albums before that, but we should look ahead. In October, I think Justin has a brand new album coming out. Classroom clock is stuck or stalling. There is nothing that will pass the test Unless it's recess Unless, unless it's recess 
recess unless unless it's recess unless and the plus one this week brought to you by Grandpa Good Stuff. He wants those whippersnappers to hear some of the good old music that he grew up on. So he chose This Land is Your Land by Woody Guthrie. There's not much you can say about this. It is a total and complete classic. Thanks, Grandpa Good Stuff. This land and this land is my land. From the California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. If you like anything that you heard this week, you can find all of this music on Apple Music, Amazon, or Spotify. Support these artists. Good stuff. I'm on with Scott, who is the owner, creator, and proprietor of something called Rochambeau Baby. And uh, Scott, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. I'm uh, I'm busy as always, sort of uh, plugging away here. And uh, today I'm on packing and shipping duty, and uh, invoicing, and sort of doing everything, uh, uh, everything all at once. Yeah, sort of the, the drill around here. Yeah. So tell us, give give us some background. What is Rochambeau Baby? Well, um, the short answer is we make, uh, if you ask me, the world's best baby kids and adult sunglasses on the market. Um, the basic idea is uh, we have this awesome, super flexible, bendable, um, we like to say chewable because it's super safe uh, material um, for baby sunglasses is how we started. And that went well enough that we decided we move up to the kids market. And then from there, basically, I got greedy and wanted to match my two-year-old and her awesome sunglasses. <laughs> so I made them for adults, too. And they're all the same material that is uh, relatively unbreakable. You know, we have this full damage replacement guarantee. We've even have customers that have run over these things in their car, and they've survived. Um, wow. So we're really proud of them. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically basically the idea. And we um, started we support an autism re, um, charity with them as well. Oh, uh, it was actually we started as a fundraiser and moved on from there. So how did you how did you get to this material that's uh, indestructible for kids' sunglasses? Well, um, it really like so many small businesses out there, especially kid-focused businesses, it started with something that I wanted for my daughter and couldn't find. Uh-huh. Um, so we were, we're from San Diego, and we were at a Padres game uh, a couple of years ago now, and she was super, super small, um, and just sort of staring up into the bright sun at the game, I thought, well, she should have sunglasses, <laughs> and I wonder if I can find any that I like, um, and, you know, I was always a big fan of the Wayfair style sort of ubiquitous classic looking sunglasses so i put them on her and i thought that's really cute let me see if i can find something like that wasn't really anything like that to the extent there was any products out there for baby and kids sunglasses they were uh, pretty much across the board made in china or taiwan and they were a really brittle sort of acrylic plastic that just was so easy to break um most of the time they were covered in all kinds of paint and you know different characters like mickey mouse and stuff and that's just kind of not my style right um our yeah, our philosophy is and our motto is uh, little people deserve big people shade. So <laughs> I wanted that sort of adult feel and a baby sunglass. And then from there, I thought, well, I don't want something super hard. You know, kids, babies are. You know, if you have kids, I don't know, but those of your listeners that have kids know that they're not always, and frankly, a lot of the time, not going to keep them on their face. Uh-huh. I'm not uh, not trying to uh, uh, you know pretend that they are. Um, so part of the idea is they're going to take them off. They're going to put them in their mouth. So they should be designed for that. 
Right. So our material is is designed with that in mind. I worked really hard to find, and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be find to find a manufacturer um, in Italy. I knew I wanted to get away from China, Taiwan, the other places that these are commonly mass produced. Um, so started looking for people in America that can manufacture sunglasses with the kind of material I was looking for. Very quickly found that um, not there are not many sunglasses manufacturers in America. Period. Um, so then turned my attention to Italy. Uh, and after a long process, found this group that actually uh, the family-owned manufacturer as well. They uh, had background in toy manufacturing, which was a huge stroke of luck for me. And they totally understood where I was coming from with you know BPA-free, phthalate-free, soft enough and sort of rubberized where baby can put it in their mouth safely um, without parent worrying, and uh, but at the same time being durable enough to be bent, stretched, pulled, stepped on, thrown, um, and survive. Right, dropped out of the stroller at the zoo. They will live to tap yeah, to, see, to see another absolutely. day. For that. So how did the how did the name Rochambeau come about? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I found sort of in my uh, my uh, my research and feedback from customers and stuff, and just talking to people that about half the people know what it means and about half don't. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up calling the game rock paper scissors Rochambeau. Uh-huh. I know not everyone did. Um, so it's really, it's just the other name for that classic game that we grew up playing, Rock, Paper, Scissors. Um, and it came about, I, you know, I sort of had the idea for it. I was thinking for sort of fun, quirky names that were, um, you know, childish, but also nostalgic for parents. And I had that logo, this logo concept in my head. Our logo is just sort of a pretty, you know, clean looking rock, paper, scissor with some bright colors. You know, it's like a, I'm sorry, a hand of. And, and a palm outstretched for paper and the little scissors. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And I had that concept. And then, um, so stroke of luck, we also have a special educator in our family. And I was running it by her one day and we had met up and for breakfast and uh, trying to get feedback on different names I had. She said, oh, well, I really like her shampoo. I play that with my kids that have special needs all the time. It's just a great visual game that I can, you know, if a kid needs a little special attention or, you know, acting up that day, um, I can pull them aside from the rest of the class, play a quiet game of rock, uh, rock paper, scissors. Like I said, it's nice and visual and stimulating, and um, and it won't disrupt the rest of the class. And then, so from there, it was just signed, sealed, and delivered. That was going to be the name um, because we actually started as a uh, fundraiser for autism charity. I have autism in my family, so it was always super important to us. And that's actually how we tested the market. It was just trying to raise some money for a charity. And uh, we still give a percentage of all of our sales um, to a couple of different autism charities. So that tie-in is really important to us, and that's where it came from. That's great. I think it's uh, it's it's excellent that you've kept up the um, the idea of giving a portion of what you're what you're getting for these glasses to these organizations that are very close to you. I think it that inspires you to keep going and inspires you to to continue with this really uh, interesting and unique product. So so. So kudos yeah, to, thanks. kudos we, to you. That's thank great. Thank you. Yeah, we've luckily found some really cool organizations that really you know, line up with um, uh, sort of our personalities and stuff, too. Most recently, we're working with this group called Surfers Healing, where they're um, uh, an organization based out of California that takes, uh, they get volunteers, professional surfers, and you know, amateur surfers who are also um, just, you know, lifelong kind of surfers that just care. And they go out and they take... Uh, spectrum kids and their families and teach them how to surf for a day and wow. really just give them this one-on-one attention give them something great to just learn and feel positive about themselves and um, really focus on sort of what they can do opposed to what they can't and 
that's a really cool organization. Yeah, that is that is excellent. Really beautiful. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm just gonna switch gears on you a little bit. Um, I saw as I was, you know, checking out your website and sort of gathering intel that you have some pretty interesting names for the different. Um, I guess w- w- would you call them models or would you call them? Uh, However you categorize them. Yeah, just the different colors. Yeah. Um, yeah, each color has its own sort of unique uh, spin. So, I, you know, uh, what you're referencing is um, all kinds of fun uh, names. We have, like, the black color, for instance, we call the Bueller. Uh-huh. And the pink is Kelly Kapowski. And the blue is Zach Morris. Those are Saved by the Bell characters, if uh-huh. your audience doesn't know, off the top of their head. Um, but everyone, they've all got their little uh, nifty little name. Um, Slimer and 90210, etc. Yeah. And that's just sort of um, when you're the boss, you can do silly things like that and not have to ask anyone's permission. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, my, my wife and I grew up in the, uh, you know, late 80s, early 90s, and pop culture references like that are sort of close to our heart. I'm actually in my office slash warehouse right now looking at all my memorabilia on the wall. It's all the crazy 90s nostalgic stuff, the dolls and uh, you know, pound puppies and things that oh, uh, I ostensibly got for my daughter, but uh, for her to play with. But I like looking at it. right. But it's but it's um, in your it's in your office in air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife doesn't want me to keep them at home. Yeah. And just the idea is, you know, we're selling to the parents, not to the children. Right, so right. we can sort of tie in that uh, something that makes someone smile a little bit, all the better. Yeah. Well, I was looking through. I was like, okay, Kelly Kapowski, Zach Morris. Like that's clever. But then I saw the Slimer, and I was like, I'm in. That's great. Really yeah, yeah, that's our bright green. Yeah. Um, so how can how can listeners um, get themselves a pair of Rochambeau sunglasses? What's the best and easiest way to do that? Yeah, best way is uh, just go to our website, www.rochambeaubaby, R-O-S-H-A-M-B-O-B-A-B-Y.com. Um, we do the large majority of our sales through our own website. Um, love people to go there so they can get the whole customer experience for very quirky. We even toss them a save by the bell trading card with every order. So um, we also really pride ourselves on, on customer service. So if there's any problems or anything when you email, uh, most likely I personally will be responding to you. We are a very small family business and we like that. We like not that we're not Amazon. Um, so yeah, that's the best place to find them. We are in, in retail locations, but that's a pretty small part of what we do right now and something we're working on, but um, not a major portion of uh, our business yet. Great. Um, well, Scott, thanks so much for taking time to talk to me. I think that what you're doing is really, really great. And um, good luck with the business as things go on. You mentioned that you had an uptick and and you got a couple employees now, and that's really exciting for you. And keep up the good stuff. Yeah, thanks. Feels like a real business all of a sudden. So I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon. Good stuff. We are live. Well, being recorded, I'm here with Eugene, who uh, does a lot of different things, wears a lot of different hats. Something that I want to talk to you about is that you've, you're a writer. You're a published right. writer, and you've written two books. And um, Oh, you said that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them I found on Amazon, and the other, um, you know, I can tell you how I found out about it, but it, tell me, tell me, and these aren't, you know, books for, for adults, but it seems like there's a real purpose behind the books that you wrote. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about them? Sure. I, um, it's, it's kind of interesting you brought this up. I, I grew up reading, I, you know, as, as you may tell by my accent, I am, I was not born in the United States. I came with my family in 1980 from Russia. We came as refugees. 
Uh, back in the day, we didn't have much, but we did have a lot of books. And um, what I found that my parents did at the time, um, they read to myself and to my sister. We read back to them. We read to each other. And what I realized my parents were doing is this kind of empathic reading. So we would read a book, and then my parents would ask us uh, questions. Well, what did you think... Uh, what did you think of that character? What, what do you think you would have done if you were in this character situation? How did this character feel, or how do you think this character felt when this happened to him or her? So they were asking these probing questions, which made reading a lot more fun, and um, kind of taught me a little bit of how to empathize with with what I was reading. You know, um, it, it made reading more more dimensional, more multi-dimensional, and uh, with this book. I kind of wanted to bring back that type of reading. That's why after the story ends, there are discussion questions for parents to have with kids, for maybe teachers to have with students, even social workers to uh, to talk to with um, with their clients or with their own kids. I wanted to bring back that kind of uh, that kind of reading experience, be it more active and more more empathic. Very cool. So there's a. It seems like it's a series, and there's a, uh, a main character in the series, and the main character's name is Ira, correct? That's correct. And so, how how did you how did Ira come to you? What was the the moment where you're like, I've got Ira. Ira is my character, and Ira is the one that's going to go through these situations. <laughs> it's an interesting, you know, um, Ira. The name. I was just talking to my parents about this when when, when we came to America. I actually met a man named Ira. He was a young guy, and um, this was a guy who never stopped asking questions, wanted to talk to everybody, wanted to learn about everybody, about the Russian culture, the Jewish culture, any culture. He just wanted to learn and ask and meet. He would come over to our house. He taught me from my bar mitzvah at the time. Didn't charge a penny. He just wanted to be around and learn and always reading a, a very good man. And I kind of thought to myself, what would happen if Ira was not allowed to do that and was told... You know, you can't meet other people. You should not talk to other people. Your purpose is to do whatever your, you know, you grew up, you know, your your family was telling you to do, and that's it. You know, what would happen to him? What would happen to his soul and him as a person? And how many lives would he not change had he not been this man? So when I was thinking of a character, and this is a unique character who lives in a certain environment and wants to break out, it's a worm and he wants to break out. I thought. You know what? It would be uh, interesting. You know, be, this would be a perfect name. Yeah, so that's that's how it came to be. Cool. And Ira is a worm. You said right. It's a it's a worm who was born with uh, certain traits, certain talents. Uh, uh, Ira was born with silver wings that happened to glow when he was happy, and he was multicolored, and uh, he um, and because of his size, and he was a little bit awkward. He couldn't do what other worms did, and uh, he was always taught that, you know, worms are supposed to dig tunnels. Don't worry about what happens above the ground. You know, we're doing an important job here. We're moving seeds. We're helping the roots of the trees. And and he always believed that inside of him there was a different self. And that's somebody who's born to live above, uh, talk to people, I mean, talk to other creatures and expand his horizons kind of so. Right. And uh, he has friends, right? The first book is Ira and Friends, correct? Yeah, that's right. I wrote the first book as a rhyme. It's oh. it's written in rhyme, uh-huh. and um, I I I got some calls back. I made some sales. I actually self published that one through Create Space, and uh, what happened is, uh, well, that book was read in uh, in schools, my children's schools, and 
And then somebody called me who was in the publishing industry and said, you know, Eugene, I have to tell you something. The, the book is good. It's, uh, it's nice, nice story. Illustrations are good, except one problem. The cover is not very attractive, and, uh, and you cannot write in rhyme because it makes your book untranslatable unless you're someone who is, you know, who is very well known, who is an agent, you know, so stick to the, you know, stick to actual, just, just the story. So um, I redid the story, made it a little bit, actually not a little bit, uh, quite a bit different. I would say the first book would pick up from where this book, Ira's Amazing Adventures, the first flight, the flight, uh -huh. um, that's kind of a precursor of where Ira came from. Oh, very cool. Like a uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a prequel, prequel almost, right? So you started with the sequel and then went back and <laughs> exactly. it gave the origin story. It's very, it's very Star Wars of you, very cool. Um, so... Ira's adventure. You, uh, the, how did you find the illustrator? I'm really interested in, in the process what? of finding the illustrator, and then you know, for our budding artists who may be listening to this, finding the illustrator and being able to work with someone to have them artistically represent the words on the page, and you, and, and having it mesh with your vision. That's a good question. You know, I, I actually knew Tilly's father. He, um, I didn't know him as a friend. He was a medical professional who um, at some point, you know, referred patients to be taken care of by a company I worked for. And, um, and so I would, I would talk to him and I would stop by and we would discuss patient issues and different healthcare issues. And I saw paintings on his wall and I said, who's painting this? And he said, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's my daughter, Tilly. And I said, you know, I, I have this book idea. Is there any way I can uh, meet with her and uh, and discuss this book? And uh, I think at the time, I don't know if you know if he realized it was it was a kids book. And I said, you know, it's just a uh, it's a book about a worm, and uh, he wants to kind of he's got wings. And he said, you know, I'll I'll talk to Tilly. So a couple of weeks later, you know, I I met Tilly, and she said, you know, Eugene, I I have a few sketches for you, if you want to take a look. And uh, I looked at her sketches. I'm like, you know, this is perfect. This is Ira, a friendly face, big eyes, you know, multicolored, you know, very, um, very kind of uh, friendly looking, very warm. So, and and that was that. Um, I was actually surprised by, by by Tilly. She said, why don't you send me the whole manuscript? So I sent her a manuscript. And within two weeks, she texted me and said, you know, I actually sketched your entire book. Wow. Um, like a pencil sketched it. So see if it see if it works and uh it was perfect it was exactly how i thought it should be that's so great. that's that's what happened that certainly helps the artistic process when the uh the illustrator and the author sort of uh coexist in, in a very simple and easy way that's really great um so how long did it take you from your idea of of you know ira the worm with silver wings who was a little bit bigger how did how long was the idea the creation of, of the book, right? From the, the idea phase to you have your published copy in your hand. Well, the, the whole process took a year. Mm -hmm. And um, it was not so much, um, well, I'll give you an example. So I, I wrote the story. I had, it, I had the story edited by somebody who was a professional editor. Um, he came back to me and said, you know what? Play around with the characters. That's when I added, I added to the story another character called Seth. Um, so I had it again edited to, to make sure it's it's good, and then I um, 
I kept sending uh, various versions to Tilly, and she kept maneuvering the illustrations. I actually, you know, she she was she's a college student, and I kept calling her and saying, you know what, I need one more. I need another illustration. You know what, this guy has to. I, I think I was a little tough, but anyway, so I, <laughs> I said, you know, the, this this worm has to smile a little more. But she was she was picking up on that, and and uh, she felt the story. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I've talked to other people in the past who were illustrators, and it felt like, you know, that they were good artists, but they weren't feeling the story. And I wasn't really, I needed something that felt warm. I needed characters to feel friendly. I needed somebody to understand the story. So the whole process took about a year. You know, copywriting took a while. And, and um, yeah. Yeah. Now we're here. Now here we are. Um, the the theme of the book is acceptance and and accepting that even though we're different, we all have a lot to offer to the world, which is exactly. a which is a beautiful and important sentiment. Um, and and I think having having that as the the backbone of the idea it gives me. Um, I think it's a really good thing for kids and parents to to read together, which you sort of said at the very beginning when you were talking about your relationship with reading and with your parents. So if you had to give any advice to any budding authors, because there's a lot of a lot of different ages that, that listen to this show from very, very young to to sort of people our age, um, and perhaps even uh, older and more experienced than us, what would your advice to the the budding author who has an idea and wants to put pen to paper? Well, I would say just uh, read as much as you can and uh, write as much as you can. Make time for it. I've written uh, screenplays. You know, I've, it's, it's just about pushing through. Um, everybody has a story. And, uh, and unfortunately, sometimes when you tell your friends, your families, and, you know, oh, I want to try writing, People, um, some will, well, good people will try to um, to say, great, you know, go for it. And some people will say, ah, what's the use? You're never going to make money. You know, what, you think you know something that hasn't been written before? Well, you know what? Yes, you do know something that hasn't been written before, and you should write it. And even if it's a story that's been told before, but you can tell it in a new, unique way, just write it. You know, um, or if you want to write, blog it. You know, get a blog and write it. You know, there will be readers if you're passionate. You know your your passion, your conviction for a certain theme will come through. So uh, just just don't stop yourself. Yeah, that that sounds like a lesson that Ira can teach us as well. Very nice, thank you. Um, well, thank you, Eugene, so much for for talking to us uh, a bit about the book. Um, and uh, really, how, how can people find it? How can people connect with you if they have questions or or people get their own copy of the books? Well, right now the book is on. Uh, is on Amazon. It's on BarnesandNoble.com. It's, from what I'm told, on twenty-some thousand book distributors. I haven't checked every one. I just checked Amazon and Barnes and Noble. <laughs> uh, so, if they, it, by the way, anybody, if they have any questions on anything, from mental health to healthcare to children to to anything, uh, it's anybody can email me. My my email address is eurogscript at gmail.com. Uh, I check my email frequently, and um, if I can't answer some questions, I will definitely find someone who can. Um, otherwise, yeah, the book can be found anywhere right now. Great, and I can attest to the fact that Eugene is, a, is an excellent emailer. So uh, thank you so much for sharing some of your story and, and some of Ira's story with us. Uh, this definitely qualifies as good stuff, um, and uh, can't thank you enough for taking some time with us today. Thank you, Michael, and, uh, and best of luck to you. 
Thank you. Uh -huh. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Bye. And that's a wrap. It's been great talking to you all again this week. It's good to be back in town. Summer camp season's over. Vacation's over. It's time to get back to work doing the stuff. The good stuff, that is. Thanks for listening. If you would be so kind, if you're enjoying this, share it with a friend. You know? Like, here you go, friend. Check this out. You might like this. Friend of mine that likes things that I like. Check this out. It's good for you. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe you'll find something new. Maybe something will resonate with you strongly. Here you go, friend. Check it out. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Good stuff.